United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. The president will, will, we think, be negotiating with uh, Kim Jong-un and the North Koreans over their nuclear program. Uh, he, he said that things are on track for a, a summit in, in Singapore, uh, June 12th. And uh, the, so to discuss that, we are joined by Frank Alm. He is the senior expert on North Korea at the U.S. Institute of Peace tweeting at USIP, and uh, Frank has uh, some ideas about uh, what uh, the U.S. should and should not do. Thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Uh, Now, you've written an article uh, in The Hill about six past mistakes Trump can avoid in talks with North Korea. Uh, uh, The president has has talked a great deal about... the, how he knows better than, than his predecessors on this and a number of other issues. But uh, you, you have some, some concrete ideas about what he should not do that some, of, some previous presidents have done in negotiating with North Korea. What's the biggest one? What's the biggest mistake Americans make when they're trying to deal with the Kim regime? Well, I think, first of all, let me talk about what Trump has gotten right. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for making North Korea a top foreign policy priority. Uh, When President Trump left office, he told President Trump that North Korea would be the most urgent problem that he would face. And Trump has really taken that to heart and 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 taken a lot of big steps to put forward his maximum pressure policy. Another thing I give President Trump credit for is um, seizing the opportunity to meet with Kim Jong Un directly. Um, It's very helpful um, early on in the process to make sure that the North Korean leader is buying in. And so I think uh, that was a very good move by President Trump. Um, we've seen in the past that sometimes when you wait too long, you never actually get to a summit, which is what happened in the 90s when um, we had a lot of negotiations with North Korea. But at the very end, by 2000, when President Clinton was thinking about uh, going to Pyongyang to meet with Kim Jong-il, he ran out of time and that summit didn't happen. So I think President Trump is taking a lot of um, good steps so far. And uh, but it still remains to be seen how the summit itself plays out. Mm. Now, do you, are, let's we're, we're assuming that this summit is going to take place. Do you, do you think that's a safe assumption? Well, President Trump confirmed that uh, recently. So as, as as far as we can tell, all the preparations that the U.S. government is taking in terms of logistics in Singapore, uh, the preparatory talks in um, in the DMZ, as well as uh, the visit by uh, the Vice Chairman Kim Young Chul. Uh, to New York, as well as delivering the letter to President Trump. All that seems to suggest that everything is on track, and President Trump has, in fact, confirmed that the summit is taking place on June 12th. One criticism, uh, before the the president had announced that the summit was off a couple of weeks ago, uh, one criticism was that he had not adequately prepared for these talks. And when when that, that cancellation was announced, uh, the assumption was that it would be rescheduled, as it has been, and uh, uh, a lot of the, the the criticism was, well, you know, maybe this will give the president a chance to to bone up a bit more. Uh, do you think he's done that? My understanding that is that he has been briefed on issues uh, for many hours over the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, I know that there was some criticism that President Trump has said before that you know he doesn't do a lot of planning or preparation, but. Uh, I've read reports that he has been briefed on North Korea issues uh, for the last several weeks. Um, and again, I think um, what the president deserves credit for is 
sort of upending this notion that that you can't engage with an adversary because that somehow is a reward to them. Um, I think again, it's very good that he's meeting with uh, with Kim Jong Il uh, with Kim Jong Un up front. Um, I think that uh, of course we need to make sure that the right preparation has uh, has been done. But it seems that a case of the it seems to be the case of the last couple of weeks. So I think he will be a good position going into the summit. Talking with Frank Om, senior expert on North Korea at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Uh, what are some of the opportunities that Mr. Trump has to uh, to succeed in these talks where some of his predecessors had fallen short? Well, I think he's made a good move. But remember, uh, early on, the White House was talking about um, getting everything up front from North Korea. So um, getting them to denuclearize all up front immediately. And in the last uh, couple of weeks, we've seen the White House pull back from that, talking more about how this is going to be a process um, and it's not going to be all, all in one in one day. So I think that was a very good step by President Trump to demonstrate this flexibility. Um, and so I think uh, a win at the summit would be this. I think at a minimum, you would need to see North Korea uh, commit to denuclearization. I think uh, you also see, need to see the U.S., uh, provide some sort of concession. It may be sort of a broad commitment to uh, working towards a pathway to peace. Um, I think it would also be very helpful to uh, have the two sides provide a timeline for how this denuclearization and peace process uh, would play out, whether it's you know six months or two years or three years, but some sort of timeline. And then finally, a ballpark date for when a next summit would be, whether it's a bilateral summit or, or even a trilateral summit with, with uh, South Korea, or a quadrilateral summit with China. Should the U.S. Uh, guarantee that it will not uh, threaten the existence of, of the Kim Jong-un regime? I think that would be helpful. We have to look to see what North Korea is asking for. Oftentimes, the focus of discussion um, is primarily on what we want from North Korea, right? Um, all the steps that we want to see North Korea take to demonstrate that it is uh, seriously committed to denuclearization. But what would also be helpful is to think about what we're willing to provide as an incentive for North Korea. So what North Korea has asked for is um, a peace treaty uh, and normalization relations. They want an end to hostile U.S. policies. Um, this also includes a security guarantee. Now, we've given security guarantees before in the past, and I don't think just uh, something on paper that says that we're not, we not going to attack North Korea is going to be sufficient for North Korea. It needs to be more than that. It needs to be concrete steps uh, in terms of uh, reducing, uh, for example, the, the, the tempo or pace of strategic nuclear and nuclear assets on the Korean Peninsula or their participation in joint military exercises. So I think there needs to be a lot more that the U.S. Uh, needs to do up front in order to get uh, North Koreans to, to make reciprocal actions. Now, a number of times in the past, U.S. administrations have negotiated with North Korea and have occasionally actually reached an agreement only to have the North Koreans uh, renege on that agreement. Uh, how do we prevent that from happening, if that's possible? Well, I think, um, again, it's helpful to to move um, sort of in a, in, a, in a phased process so that we're not getting ahead of ourselves. Um, and we're, we're taking steps to verify everything that North Korea does and not taking it uh, at face value. Uh, at the same time, it's also helpful um, for North Koreans if we verify everything that we're going to do. And so, for example, instead of just 
making um, a declaration about peace, for example, it might be helpful to um, have a peace, for example, if the ultimate agreement is a peace treaty, let's say, then to have, instead of being a non-binding political agreement or an executive agreement like the Iran deal, to have it uh, be a something that's uh, approved and consented to by the Senate. And that way, that gives the legitimacy of uh, the legislative branch into this sort of agreement. So I think having the, a phased process where steps are taken that can be verified by both sides and given uh, weight and credibility would be helpful for the process. Frank, um, thanks so much for your insights. Good talking with you. Welcome. Now, Frank is a senior expert on North Korea at the United States Institute of Peace, and uh, which you can find on Twitter at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.